This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 22, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. You are a hard man to get a hold of. Yeah, I think it works both ways, Mr. Kirby. (laughs) Don't get smart with me, Mayo. I try to make all my voicemails very, you know, very different so that you're you're entertained when I call you a million times a week. Yeah, I just wish I knew how to save them and upload them to our podcast because I think our viewers would enjoy hearing what you have to say. I don't think they do. I, I don't think that they enjoy it at all. Actually, no, they do. That why else would they listen, right? I mean, Good point. I mean, come on. Of course they would. So what's Look, new with you? They're not even into comic books. They just like to hear sexy voices. <laughs> well, sir, listening to yours, that I mean, obviously, my mother listened to our podcast and she said, "My goodness." That Jared, he has got a voice for radio, doesn't he? She didn't say she didn't say face for radio. She said voice for radio, which is good. That's where that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. That's right. That's right. I've not I've met, not met Mrs. Kirby, so uh, but she would probably also agree once she saw me that I've got a, a face for radio as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that's awesome that your mom is listening to our podcast. I know. Well, I bugged her enough, and uh, no, actually, I didn't, because I don't expect any of my family to listen to the podcast at all. And uh, she said, "Oh, I heard your podcast. I was I always wanted to know what it was about." And I was like, "Oh, cool. That's awesome." <laughs> well, speaking of family, I believe your brother listens to every podcast as well. He does, and I don't know the last time he's ever read a comic book. So that's crazy. Yeah, he, and he gives us some good critiques and stuff. He does. He tried to listen to it uh, from. You know, a perspective of middle of the road, okay, how are they doing on um, explaining their point, things like that. Yeah. So, which is invaluable. All right, well, I personally would like to apologize to the body politic. I have no idea what happened to our friends at Posterous, and I may even be forced to take down their link off of our website, off of our, um, you know, our team ups links that we have. I think Posterous is under there. And uh, we, we may have to take them out because they were cooperative for a while with this problem, but then they kind of fell off the face of the earth. And uh, we still haven't gotten the problem resolved. We worked around it, and now we went through. And uh, everybody, make sure you're updating your iTunes feed. We have a new iTunes feed, and we had to trick iTunes into taking it because they were like, no, this feed already exists. This podcast, we can't have two. And I said, nay. Nay, Steve Jobs, you can have two, because it's Thank so you. good. Awesome. <laughs> so, so everything's taken care of. Everything's good now, and uh, we'll probably be dropping posters for web hosting altogether. Sorry to say. Hey, that's what happens. That is what happens. Uh, any other big news? I believe we're... Su- we have some big website news. We're supposed no. to announce something, aren't we? Oh yeah, I heard. Yeah, I was I was on the page with something else, but yes, we are supposed to announce something. And what are we supposed to announce? Jackie's pregnant again. No, no, no. <laughs> which 
that's odd. <laughs> no, I hope not. Absolutely not. I can't. I can't take another thing in my life right now. No. Oh, is that what we're supposed to announce? I'm sorry. Was it about the contest? <laughs> it was about yes. It was about the contest. Can you please explain sorry. to our listeners a little bit about this contest? Let's just assume that some of our listeners don't go to our Facebook page. Which is which is very sad in the first place. Even it just is thinking about that. It is, and then let's equally assume that some of our Facebook fans don't listen to this podcast. Which huh. oh, even worse, it is. It, it, it's a crime. It's a crime against humanity. Hey, and that's also a Tina song. Is it really? It's a crime. Oh, that's fantastic. It it all comes full circle. It really does. It does. Yeah. Hey, but what this uh, the contest was? You were given a blank cover of the I Am an, I Am an Avenger variant covers that came out when Heroic Age started up. And the task was to just make the best cover. It was pretty simple. We didn't say funny or serious or having to do with the podcast, just whatever you wanted to do. And we put that up on the Facebook page, and the winner was going to receive an X-Men trade paperback courtesy of Kirby Enterprises. <laughs> Uh, we have finally, after almost a month, <laughs> decided upon two winners. Indeed. Indeed we have. And um, we have picked a first place and a second place. And I have to say that there were a lot of good ones out there. And honorable mention goes to Gabe Campos with his... <laughs> with his, yo, Doom, you're a great villain, and I'm going to let you finish. But Magneto is the greatest villain of all time! <laughs> that cracked me up. I that was hilarious. There was that was there was good. Hide your kids, hide your wife by uh, Brittany Emerson. That's also a <laughs> up there. <laughs> that makes me laugh so much. And um, and we had a couple others, but number one, um, you, what's going to happen with whoever wins this? And I know. Please email us at. Marvel616politics at gmail.com and give us your address and I will mail you your choice of either X-Men Inferno or X-Men Mutant Massacre. And then second place, please email me your address as well to the same email address. Do not post it on Facebook. And <laughs> then um, I will email you or I will mail you, physically mail you, uh, the leftover copy or the leftover trade. <laughs> the leftover hey man hey second place is the first loser okay yeah it is true <laughs> all right so second place goes to adrian foley for his star wars one <laughs> i am an avenger like my father before me dude when i saw that i was like this is it this is the best one but then I think a little bit later, or either that or I saw it a little bit later, number one came out. So congratulations to Adrian Foley for second place. And Adrian, you are not a loser. I don't care what Mayo says, okay? Second place uh-huh. second place is not the first loser. It is, but we just don't want to offend our fans. No, yes, obviously. All right, sir, first place. First place. Can we get a drum roll, please? I'll try. We don't need another hero. 
Oh, apparently we do. Andrew <laughs> with Tina on the cover. That you get you get first place for a variety of reasons. Number one was originality. That was awesome. Number two shows that you're listening to the podcast and you know what's going on. You put Tina up there. That was great, man. It's just really funny. Andy and I both thought it was really good and just a uh, good sense of humor there. That's awesome. And and who wouldn't want Tina Turner to be on the Avengers? I tell you what, I I just I mean it's a great pose for Tina. You know, I have to I have to be careful because I'm married, obviously, and she's eighty. So. <laughs> 70 oh right my bad she's 70 but um I, what i really liked about this cover was it even had the title of a tina turner song so i mean you don't just throw tina up there she you actually you look at the tina songs I, i'm thinking i'm sitting here thinking is michael smith a tina turner fan as well i mean what are the chances but well, even if he's they're pretty much the prerequisites for listening to the podcast, you love Tina Turner and you love comic books. Right, I'm I'm halfway there. Yeah, you're there, halfway there, almost here. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I love comic books, so the next half would be loving Tina Turner. Well, I believe that uh, somebody caught you singing "We Don't Need Another Hero." This actual song <laughs> worked. I believe you told me this story. That's because it's a comic book song. all right well congratulations to our winners email us your addresses and i don't care if it's over in england i'll ship it over there and uh have fun with it enjoy your enjoy your trade paperbacks of some of the best x-men stories in their heyday much better than the the one that's currently going on i i i would venture to say yeah and, and thanks so much for all of your participation everybody hopefully in the next couple podcasts we'll get another um another contest up that can hopefully be sponsored by Mayo Enterprises. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. New things that we wanted to talk about. There is one other new thing. Well, wait. What, should we give out the rest of our contact info? Well, have we given out any contact info? Well, our email address. How else are they going to? Well, we were talking about new things. I was still on the new things role. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the, I mean, it's some pretty big news, Andy. Since last we recorded, we have a brand new logo on our Facebook page. Oh, yes, yes. And it's soon to be on our web page as well, as soon as I get some time. Yeah, this was not in place the last time. And uh, through the help of a coworker of Andy's and Andy himself and myself, we put this all together and uh, we hope you guys like it. You have to check it out. Yeah, we're going to put in a plug for Attic Monster Design. And if you go search for Attic Monster on Facebook, that's who did our new logo. And they they design all sorts of stuff. They have, let's see here. uh, Attic Monster Design Factory is a full-service print media organization specializing in branding and logo design. We have also been known to dabble in furniture design and building as well as artful watering systems, fancy faucets. Uh, Our clients include web designers, jewelers, bands, safety organizations, and oil field contractors. Uh, The mission of Attic Monster is that they want to embrace all elements of design and encourage the idea of functional, practical art. So thank you, Attic Monster Design, for uh, lending your eye to our logo. And i got to say, our our fans are sharp because right away they said, hey, do do you like the new logo? And they were like, oh, the Spider-Man one? Yes, it's amazing. And uh, I, I wasn't sure how many people were going to catch that, but yeah. And just so you guys know, 
those two guys, those heads, that's supposed to be caricatures of myself and Mr. Jared. Mr. Jared obviously has the wild hair, and um, I don't know if his earring is visible, but he's got the bigger <laughs> eyes. And uh, I am the smaller-headed guy who looks like he's got a booger coming out of his nose. Yeah, I was wondering about that. When I drew it, it didn't look like that, but now it looks like you have a Hitler mustache. I know it's the shadow, and and actually we're going to update that real soon. Yeah, maybe if we could like elongate your upper lip, it would be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be taken away. And also, we're going to make, uh, pretty soon here, we're going to have uh, this logo on shirts and hats and stuff, and we're not going to sell them to make a profit. We'll sell them um, pretty much at cost for you guys if, if anybody wants some. Okay, Andy's selling them for at cost. I am marking mine up. <laughs> uh, mine are going to be variants. And uh, you can purchase those variants for nine ninety nine extra. Woo! Way to go. Look at this yeah. guy. They're going to have holograms on them and big guns. Holograms and big guns. Yeah, we're going early 90s. <laughs> and cable with a lot of wires and, like, his eye. Hologram eye, big gun. I got it taken care of. Yep, Domino, you know, cradling his leg. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, yeah, I'll work on that. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to do some contact info? Yes, contact information. I'm sorry I jumped the gun. Let's do it. All right. This is Marvel 616 Politics. You can reach us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Please visit our website. Uh, we try to keep it updated with commentary on on this week and every week's new covers and new releases as well as some, uh, you know, commentary on, on news that's going on, which is updated not as frequently as weekly. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. We've got a lot of fans looking at us and saying, hey, you guys got a Twitter? I'm like, yes, we have a Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com slash 616politics, or if you're on Twitter already, at 616politics. As we've already talked about, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Uh, we've really got a good fan base going there now, lots of discussions on a daily basis. And you can even give us a call and leave a message at 616-755-TINA. Um, we really kind of thought we were going to get a lot of voicemails with our last episode talking about the uh, old doctor's. Uh, thinking that superheroes ruin people's lives thing, but we didn't get anything. So feel free to give us a call. That number again is 616-755-TINA. Leave us a message. And actually we are working on getting a European voicemail number for all our friends over across the pond. So we'll keep you updated on that as well. Awesome. Awesome to the max, sir. All right. No on the agenda tonight, we have so much to talk about. We're going to go right into State of the Union. All right? There's too much to talk about. State of the Union. Though, uh, with some of these issues, we probably could do a current events, and it would last all of 15 seconds. Basically, vampires come to fight the X-Men. Done with that issue. <laughs> a vampire is fighting the X-Men. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, like... We're going to ease into that. We're going to ease into that, okay? We have four potential topics that we're going to talk about. We have omit, which we haven't talked about yet. Not not really. Um, we have Curse of the Mutants. 
We have Shadowland, of course, your favorite of mine, and this new run on Wolverine, and you know what's going on with that. And also, I want to talk about uh, the potential when we talk about Shadowland, the potential for our good friend T'Challa to take over in New York for um, Matt Murdock. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and find out what's going on with that. Uh, but let's start out with Omit. 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 All right. Have you read all four issues, sir? Of course. At the, the day that they came out. Okay. I just finished issue number four, Amazing Spider-Man number 641. What is your initial take on this? The whole nothing is, honestly, for me, nothing has changed because I didn't like Omit going into it. I didn't like Brand New Day, all the Mephisto stuff from years ago. I, I just, there was no way that I could come up with something that was going to suffice me for how they explain it. So I was really just like, come on, maybe you can do something. But I, my my uh, my hope was very, very low, and uh, they followed through with keeping it very, very low. I just was not impressed, and I just, I want to get back in a time machine and just go back to how things used to be. In, in what way? Like, what do you want to go back to? It's just that, it just kind of... You know, Mary Jane is the only one that remembers what happened. Isn't that kind of how it used to be? No, no. I mean, Spider-Man unmasked himself. Like, that was, a, uh, that was like a defining moment in Civil War. Remember when that issue came out, reading it, and just like my jaw hitting the ground. Just, like, he really did it. Then they're, then they're not getting rid of it, you know? That was huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that, but... Didn't it bother you a little bit that that wasn't in the main Spider-Man title? I mean, that was in Civil War number two. Why wasn't it amazing? Well, I, I don't know. That's almost a whole other topic. Well, uh, all right. But the whole thing, I don't know. You're saying you want to go back to a time period. That, yeah, to them being married. It's just it's harder to read some of those Spider-Man issues where um, they're still married and she and Mary Jane has left for Hollywood to try and get away from Spider-Man for a while. And, and just it's harder to read that stuff now with, you know, it supposedly not happening or whatever. We see we've we've had this discussion back and forth. Yeah. With yeah. That it, you're saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying it, it is all history and everything leads up until this point. And if they weren't, I mean, it does matter because if they weren't married, then they couldn't have gone through that whole deal with Mephisto and everything. Like it. Well, fair enough. Okay, what did you think about uh, issue 641? All right, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's walk through it. Mary Jane and Peter are sitting in, in uh, I believe, Peter's living room. I can't even remember anymore. And they're sitting there talking about their relationship and how awkward it is and how much they actually do love each other, but what happened? All right, Omit really goes, the first two issues is, uh, or are, how the marriage fell apart, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the second two are talking about how everyone forgot that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Because Mephisto only said that he would make Aunt May live if they gave up their marriage, right? Yeah. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't even remember that they were married, right? No, it doesn't look like it. Okay, because it says that they weren't, right? 
So they don't remember they were married because they weren't married. Because what happened? How, how did how did it occur that they were not married? Well, Spider-Man ended up getting caught up in something, and he didn't make it to the wedding. Okay. And that's basically it? She was like, that's it? I'm done? Well, I mean, you know, they battled back and forth, and she just ultimately said, you know, I can't be you know, married to both Spider-Man and Peter Parker. It's got to be one or the other. I can't bring kids into this world with their dad being Spider-Man. Okay, and so they just said, okay, well, we love each other, but no. Yeah. All right. Did you read it? Yeah, I did. I'm just having you recap. I, 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 oh. I, like, to, I like to hear your voice. Like, I thought he said he read it. He's a liar. I am not a... Don't call me a liar. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and then the, the, the next two issues are talking about how uh, Mary Jane's still in danger because the Kingpin sends somebody after Aunt Anna and then somebody after Mary Jane and she gets in a kerfuffle and... All this stuff happens, so eventually he brings her to Doc Strange, and he says, Doc, you have to make everybody forget that I'm Spider-Man. And so he go, Doc Strange goes into a trance, and you got to remember, this is during Back in Black, and so Aunt May is still in the hospital. Uh, Peter Parker is still, like, taking it to the Kingpin in jail. It's around that time. So it's, I mean, it's three... It's been three and a half, four years, right? Am I right? Yeah. Well, in in our in our time, not in the uh, Marvel time. Right, right. But it's been about that long. It's been over a hundred issues since then, which is hard to believe because that's one sixth of all the amazing titles. Yeah. And um, so we you kind of got to put your mindset back there because Tony Stark is still dealing with um, the death of Captain America. And um, Fantastic Four is still... They they still might be split. I wasn't reading Fantastic Four at that point, but um, I think the Civil War affected their family so that two of them took off, right? Yeah, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, but then also Thing. He, he left for France. You were reading Fantastic Four at that time? No, no, but I just knew it. Okay. It's kind of like Hercules. I don't read it, but he just kind of... No, gotta know what's going on with Amadeus Cho and stuff. Oh, please. It's nothing like Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. So this last issue is basically um, Doc Strange on the astral plane talking to Tony Stark and Reed Richards and saying, okay, are we going to do this? Can you help me? And they come up with some convoluted idea of how it's supposed to be done and it doesn't show it. But basically, there's this giant bubble that if you step inside, then you will still have your memories. Because they don't want Peter Parker to forget that he's Spider-Man. And I thought it was interesting how, how Doc Strange said, you know, everybody's had a second chance. I've had a second chance. Tony, you've had a second chance. But just like Captain America, Peter Parker is the best of us. Saying that he's got the best intentions and like his, his morals and his, uh, his being hardly ever falter. And I, I really liked how they pointed that out. Also, if you noticed, I liked how they pointed out about the Sentry. They said, we've done this before, and it backfired. How are we going to make it different? So, good on Joe Quesada on that. What did you think about that part? Yeah, it was, well, I mean, I was more interested in the Captain America part because I felt like it was a dig that uh, Stephen Strange was putting to, to Iron Man. Like, he's a good one, and 
Iron Man's like, well, he doesn't follow the rules. You know, he's going against the Superhero Registration Act. I thought that was pretty cool that they're keeping it all in continuity. Yeah, yeah, that's I, – I, I, I appreciated that too because I had to – I said, you know, why are they doing this or why are they – one thing that did throw me off is he said, well, I have to tell Miss September or I have to, you know, explain it to her why you took me away. So I was like, okay, I guess that makes sense because he's not doing anything. And then I realized, no, this is back in – after the Civil War, right after the Civil War, back in black, you know, in the midst of it really – and um, I was like, is he taking time out? Like, that was so stressful for him. And he had to deal with so much guilt and crap. You know, that that kind of seemed out of place. But that was just one line. Well, but that's Tony Stark. He's just, uh, that's just what he does. You know, he always just finds time for that. Right. And also, he had extremists at the time. I thought it was interesting that extremists was with him on the astral plane. Um, where... You know, it it really meant that he was part of his part of his body. You know, if he's with Miss September right now, he's probably not clothed, and uh, yet you can see the extremist suit on him. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And uh, it, it too, with like Doctor Strange pretty much being absent from Civil War, kind of let us know, you know, what he was up to directly after that. Yeah. Well, ever since um, World War Hulk. He kind of he took a back seat. I think he kind of stepped out of the limelight because his hands got crushed, right? Yeah, but it's this. But this is before World War Hulk, isn't it? Oh no, no! World War Hulk happened before the Civil War. No, it happened after the Civil War. What? The Civil... Listen, Andy. Where was Hulk during Civil War? They shot him off to the planet. And he, when he comes back from the planet is when World War Hulk happened. After the Civil War? Yeah, because he comes back to beat up all the heroes, and he finds that the whole landscape has changed. Okay, all right, fair enough. I guess I'm trying to think of how long Incredible Hercules was, but I guess it was that long ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, we've had just event after event. It's easy to forget and try and, you know, figure out which goes where and... How this one happened. I know. I can't even keep track of when Silent War took place. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite. No. Really? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That was not my favorite. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty rough. <laughs> Gorgon changed for the rest of his life. And Quicksilver has some kind of powers that no one can understand or even try to write. I know, and then he's a good guy, then he's a bad guy, then he's a good guy, then he's a liar, but he's alright. <laughs> Multiple personalities. Nah, whatever. Okay, alright, back to Omit. Alright, so they decide finally to do this, and uh, they can step inside this bubble, and right at the last second, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, runs outside the bubble, grabs Mary Jane's unconscious body, brings her into the bubble, and then they wake up, and they go home, and I did like how it cut. I really do not like this art. I know it's trying to go back to days of yore in the art. But then I did like the change when it went back to um, Casada's art. I like yeah, his... It's kind of like a treat. You know, you never really get much of his art. So when you do, it's it's exciting. You like his stuff? Um, I like some of his stuff. Yeah. Stuff. If he's got a good inker, I don't know who does his inking, but... If he's got a good anchor, then I, then I can really appreciate what he does. 
I'm, I'm with you. I think that's what makes the whole, the whole difference because he used to draw X Factor back in the 90s, and it was it was just too rough for me. But now I think I think with two, you know, as you mature, you know, that was almost 20 years ago. Yes, your, your style changes up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he um, I heard an interview with him recently. I'm sure some of our listeners have too on the Marvel podcast, the Mighty Marvel podcast with with our friend Jeff Sutter, the senior art director. Um, he he interviewed Casada, uh, and he was saying that he as soon as he got uh, he saw some of Mike Mignola's art. I'm pretty sure it was Mike Mignola, uh, the guy who does Hellboy. Yeah. Like, he had that Mignola moment, he called it, where everything became clear, and he was like, I need to do my own stuff. I don't need to copy Stan's or Ramita's or anything like that. And so, ever since then, he took off. So, you know, who knows if that was before or after his Mignola moment. So anyway, all right, Spider-Man wakes up and he goes and sees Mary Jane. Looks like she's puking, but she's just really crying in the bathroom. You never see her eyes. You never see her face. Because um, it's really Mephisto. Aha! No. No, I did not get that out of this. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, so basically her grief is, well, nothing, nothing has changed because I still remember and he's saying, no, everything's fixed because nobody remembers. And she says, no, I still remember. That's not the point. Like, I accept the danger because I love you. But the people who know me now are in danger, like Aunt Anna. She's got a point, And they kind of rehash exactly what happened and why they made that choice. And Peter's saying, you know, I couldn't do it alone. I love you, you love me, we did, we did it for us so that we could have the secret so there's nothing between us, and pretty much they say, you know, she says, no, I wanted to forget. He says, okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, he has to run away to be with Aunt May. I like the splash page, all of them together. Did you like that? Let me grab my book real quick. The, the last page of the issue with Spider-Man on it? No, 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 the splash page. Oh, the one with all the Mary Jane Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. It was kind of like reminiscent of all the memories they had together and what they're giving up and kind of like a tribute type thing. And then one last kiss. And then, uh, yeah, I made you go get your book and everything just to say, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, who, hey, who is this, uh, side note, who is uh, this orderly that comes in who is he supposed to look like? Don't you think he's made to look like somebody? Not generic? He's, isn't it? I thought, I thought he kind of looked like um, Tom Brevoort. Okay. Okay. That's, I was like, somewhat Kevin Smith, but no. Why would they put him in here? But yeah, I'm thinking maybe that you're right. That's from the pictures I've seen of him. Yeah. I'm thinking you're probably right. And that probably is a tribute, but it also signifies like, Hey, the man who knows continuity, like the back of his hands, cause Tom, Tom, he, he, he knows everything, right? Yeah, he does. He's amazing. The, the man's amazing from what I've heard and what I've read and interviews and everything. He, he, or, or people talking about him in interviews, he knows anything. If you want to ask him, okay, when was the last time so-and-so saw so-and-so he's got it. I mean, he is, yeah. uh, God forbid if he were to pass on, they would be in a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, he's just like a walking encyclopedia. For Marvel, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so if that is him, and it signifies that he's forgetting, then that kind of closes the door and says, okay, yeah, this is irreversible. Every Everybody's going to forget. Um, I thought that was interesting. Mary Jean takes off, um, and then we cut back to Casada Art, and they're in the apartment again. They say it does help to talk it out. And then they kiss for the last time, and they say that they do love each other, but it's time to move on. And um, I think it's interesting how the panel, MJ is looking at us, the reader, and says you need to get on with your life. Peter, there's someone wonderful out there for you, but if you don't let go of this, you may never find her. And then the next panel, even if she's standing right in front of you, I don't know who they're talking about. I don't know if they're talking about Carly. I don't know if they're talking about his roommate. Um, What's her name? Gonzalez. I don't know if they're talking about Black Cat. I mean, it should be interesting. We do know that in big time, the new era that's coming up in Spider-Man, MJ is supposed to play a bigger part. But this pretty much just tells me that, no, it's done. They're not going to get together. Because he, she set him free. Meaning... To all the readers, he is now free of any tie because now we have done our due diligence, our due justice, and we have explained to you exactly how this has happened. It's not a mystery anymore. And after this, going forward is totally a brand new day. And that's what he says at the very end. It feels like a brand new day. And I thought it was great to close out the series. I guess. you. Well, I mean... If you look at it from, do I like the story or do I agree with the story? No, I don't. But if you look at it from a a storytelling artistic viewpoint where you say, okay, does this provide us with closure? Does it tell us what happened? Does it explain it adequately? And then does it wrap up the entire theme of these hundred plus issues? I would say, yeah. Yeah, it does that. I I thought it was well done. And, And remember... Before we talked about this, or before it even came out, you know, I said, oh, I can't wait, I'm really excited for it, and you said, why, you're not going to like it, and I said, no, I probably won't like it, but I think they have a good opportunity to tell a story and explain something. Mm-hmm. And Which they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, all right, tell me, tell me specifically why you don't like this. Uh, I just don't like the whole changes that they were never married before. So, what... Why? Because you like them to be married or because you like to keep continuity that intact? Happened. That is what happened. You can't just go back and say, uh, never mind, we want him to date and because it makes a better story. So we'll just say that he was never married for, you know, since 1988. He hasn't been married. Uh, yes, he has. He really has. <laughs> so, but I mean, would you feel the same way about any retcon? Or are you you feel strongly about this one because the marriage holds a special place for you, or because it's well, been? It just told, I mean, it's it's because this is such a defining thing. It's like, yeah, Wolverine just he never had claws. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's always had claws. Nope. He just we're just gonna say that all those times that um, those weren't claws. He was just punching people, and he has really sharp fingernails. No, <laughs> no, he really did have claws. Just like this, you know, well, we'll just say that they were dating the whole time. They weren't married. Those Just pretend like those were all dates. No, they were they were married. I, I have the issue where they uh, 
walk down the aisle and uh, they get married and the bad guys show up, that's that's what happened. You know, it's different than going back and just altering a past and saying that you know, Uncle Ben, uh, you know, had a, a twin brother or something, and he came back and Peter Parker thinks that that's Uncle Ben. You know, that's that's different. That's a different kind of retcon than saying that something that has happened for you know almost thirty years that never happened. All right. Well, let me ask you this: the clone that he threw down the smokestack. All right. How many years did we think that he was dead, that clone was dead and was still there and rotting and done? And then all of a sudden, which was a defining moment, right? Well, dead does not mean dead in comic books. That's like uh, apples and oranges. No, no. We're talking about retcons. We're not talking about dead versus marriage. We're talking about retcons. He comes back. We find out that Ben Riley's been living this whole time, five years or whatever, in continuity away from and having his own life. Did does that bother you, or no, because it has to do with death and not marriage? No, well, it has nothing to do with the, the whole marriage part. It just doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, this whole people have been alive for forever, that's that's another staple of comic bookhood. Okay, all right. Things happen all the time. All right, what about bone claws? What about them? Okay. It didn't change the fact that he had claws. It, it, all it did was say that there was bone underneath the adamantium. This is saying that they were never married, that they were married. We, I have a comic comic book that they talk about their marriage, and they're saying, basically, this didn't happen. Just pretend like when they were talking, it was about them dating, not being married. So is there anything comparable out there in the history of Marvel Comics? It's the 616 that you can think of? Well, I'm no Tom Brevoort. Well... <laughs> But, I mean, is there anything that you, you would say sticks out to you that's like this, that you can compare this to? No, it's not even close. There's nothing even close. I, I was at uh, the last convention I was at. I was just talking with some people, and they're like, I don't read, we don't, uh, you know, our mom does, used to read Spider-Man. And uh, she doesn't read Spider-Man anymore. I was like, why? What's going on? And they're like, because they totally, you know, they had the devil come in and make, the, you know, erase their whole marriage. You know, Spider-Man is making deals with Satan, uh, erasing his marriage, and all these issues are basically they should have been dating instead of being married. That is, that's not that's not Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Your silence is deafening. Talk to me. Uh, I just no. You have a point. I can't. I, I I can't contradict personal testimony. I can't. I can't say no. They they're overreacting or anything like that because yeah but do you think all right how long has spider-man been around 40 45 50 years 63 okay all right 3 62 61 all right so in the next 60 years can you guarantee that he's never going to marry mary jane oh i mean now with joe casada at the helm uh, he's not going to be around for 60 years. No, I mean, in the next... We don't know this. <laughs> People have their heads frozen all the time now. He's... <laughs> <laughs> he's not Dracula. You can't... <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> he's not Gishler. <laughs> That's a good lead-in. <laughs> no, all right, but my point is, like, this is subject to change also. Yeah, they're saying in the in the... In the near term, which is the next 10 years, okay, let's say, that Mary Jane and him are not going to get together. 
they're just going to go back and retcon this. Exactly, yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then you got a problem with comics. Oh, you best not be talking to me, and you better mean that's just a general statement you're making. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that. See, this is Jackie's main complaint with comic books, because she says... They don't have a story in mind. They just say, oh, uh, by the way, back in this issue, we meant to do this. And they did. And I said, you know, some of the time they do that. But yeah. I would I would say that, no, most of the time they know where they're going. I mean, they have these these meetings to plan out a year, two years in advance and everything. And they, you know, they know where they're going. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know what you wanted me to say to that. No, that's fine. That's fine. All right, let's let's do it. You want to hit? You want to hit the big one, Curse of the Mutants, or you want to hit the smaller one? All right. So uh, we got these whole vampires attacking the X Men and stuff in Curse of the Mutants, right? Right. Okay. So we got a couple of those issues. We might want to just talk to the body politic about. Okay. How many issues? What issues are we talking about? Well. For, I mean, the latest ones that we have out as of our recording date are uh, Curse the Mutants, Namor, Curse the Mutants, Gambit, and Storm, Curse the Mutants, Smoke and Blood, and X-Men number three. And Curse the Mutants, Blade. Oh, Blade. Yeah, I didn't really count that one. There's no X-Men in that. No. <laughs> All right, well, wait. Let's talk about, real quick, uh, Namor the First Mutant. That's a, Is that a new ongoing? Yeah. Okay, so that's more than just... That's More that, than just... That's more than just Curse of the Mutants. That's uh, that's actually uh, Curse of the Mutants tie-in, Namor the First Mutant. So it should be interesting to see where that goes beyond this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, well, I think it's just kind of like this first, this new X-Men series, too. Just Curse of the Mutants for the first six, seven, eight issues or whatever. First six, then, seven, uh, eight, 28 billion. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, hit us up. What happened? Give us a synopsis of what happened with each one, I guess. I don't, unless you had other plans. All right. In a curse, the mutants Namor. Namor has to go and get Dracula's head from uh, some Atlantean vampires, and he does it. So that's pretty much the summary of that issue. <laughs> okay. Um, curse the mutants Gambit and Storm. Uh, Gambit and Storm have to go get um, his body, Dracula's body. Um, from an island over near Greece, and uh, they have to go over there, and uh, they get it. So that's basically that issue. No, okay, all right, all right, hold on, all right. What did you think? Oh of, my gosh! What did you? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the writing in this issue? Oh, for which one? For the uh, Storm and Gambit. Okay, Storm. Storm's your character, right? She's your girl. That's my lady. Okay. Storm's your lady, besides Jennifer and besides Tina, which you're lucky enough to have three of them, I, I suppose. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you think that this author, who I've never heard of, Chuck Kim, have you heard of him? No, I haven't. Okay. All right. I don't know what else he's written. Do you think that Chuck Kim did well with your character, your lady? I think he, he did probably about a seven or eight. I thought he did fairly well. It was... Uh... Kind of like Storm's struggle that she's always had with killing. It took me back to um, probably before you were into comic books, uh, Uncanny X Men 325, where Storm has to kill Marrow, and uh, she's just like beside herself with the decision that she has to make. 
and there's like real emotion in there. And I, I just felt like the same thing when Storm was forced to, that she had to kill that human for the greater good uh, to get the force field down. That was probably my favorite part of the whole book. Right on. And, and it was really good to, to just see Storm and Gambit back together. Um, just uh, kind of how they first met. They were both thieves and ran around together. And then uh, they've had a couple other thievish things they've had to do over the years, just the two of them. So it's nice to see them back together, him not in his whole death persona, and she's not all Queen of Wakanda. It's just two thieves again together and good friends. Now, would you say... Would you say that um, that he was well-written? I mean, see, they, this all happened before um, before I started reading comics. Like, I, I don't know what their character really is like. And, you know, ever since I've been reading, she's always been pretty much around T'Challa. I can't really think of a Storm, you know, a Storm-centric issue. And every time I hear about Gambit, he's like, oh, he was written terribly. So I don't really know what he's supposed to be written like. I mean, I thought Gambit was okay. I think he played pretty much second fiddle to Storm and uh, the vampire guy. Jan- Janice was his name? Yeah. Gambit? Yeah. I think Storm, I mean, Gambit kind of played like second fiddle, and he didn't do nearly as much. I think it was more of a Storm story. Uh, and Gambit was so-so. I mean, if you if you want real Storm, Storm is like, you know, real and uh, huge and regal, and just uh, she's just a large character. And uh, she was kind of played as a softie a, a couple times just because, you know, they said, well, she couldn't control her powers because the atmosphere was too low or whatever. <laughs> that was kind of silly. And uh, and then the one part where uh, he was at, again, was asking, are you going to do okay with your claustrophobia? And she says, yes, Professor X has taught me some techniques on how to cope. Like, well, where has he been since 1975? Why didn't he teach you this, t- you know, 40 years ago, dude? Well, see, that, yeah. Do you- this now. That, that brings up another good point. Do you think that we've come so far... I mean, this is kind of off-topic, but do you think that we've come so far, especially with the X-Men, with so many to pull from and so many to choose from that they're they're almost like Superman, they're almost invincible, and uh, they have such great power that, you know, who, who can go up against them? I don't think it's like that because I think each one is so individual and stuff. But I think with making the cast as large as it is now, it is... It is kind of getting to be, you know, who can go up against them. Remember that uh, when the Dark Avengers first fought the X-Men? And then there's that splash page, and there are like 40 different X characters. And Norman's like, we can't beat them. There's so many of them. Right. I mean, that's why they, I really think they just need to focus the cast. You know, get off Utopia, get back to, you know, separate teams of no more than 10 people. And uh, make them, it'll, it'll make them more real. Because right now they're just like, oh, we need to tell it, you know, they just have, they create characters, or there's a character there that just happens to be able to help them with this issue, you know. Oh, we need a teleporter. Well, what do you know? We have Magic and Pixie. You know, they just bring these characters, oh, we, we need to get there fast. Oh, what do you know? We have North Star. We need Light. What do you know? We've got Dazzler. Right. It's just that kind of convenience characters. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking, like, they're just, they have, they have so much to choose from that it's kind of like, you know, where, where's the challenge anymore, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, all right, go on. Uh, what did you think about the art? Uh, <laughs> I, I've never been huge on Chris Bacallo. I know you I haven't. 
Yeah, I, I like this Generation X stuff because it, I, I guess this, that's when I first got into books, comics, and uh, that's just how it was. So that's how I expected it to be. But just uh, I think like there's one page where they're they're slowly creeping down, and the way he takes the page, he has like you know five different pictures of Gambit and Storm just on that one page, and it's showing their their trek um, all across the page down to the the tunnel. I thought that was really well put together. Uh, but otherwise, it's just there's so much going on, such minute detail that it's it's almost too much. You just can't tell really what's going on, and and uh, he just takes a, a ton of artistic license when he's drawing. Uh, I just don't really care for. Yeah, but I gotta say, in, in this issue especially, is when you're drawing things with big teeth, and I mean, he did well on those Spider-Man lizard, the lizard issues because. That really, you know, that was kind of his thing. He's he's got the the teeth, the creature look, and uh, I thought this was a perfect uh, a perfect one for him. I, I've never liked his storm or gambit. <laughs> gambit always looks like he's some kind of creature. He's got these scary eyes and big old nose, and like I said, you know, Storm's just supposed to be this huge regal character, and she looks like a teenager. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. That's just me, though. And she really needs to just settle on a costume. <laughs> every every issue I see her in, she's got a different costume. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely the fault of the artists, right? Or the editors? I mean, you know, what are they doing? Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're just, because Chris Piccolo is a fairly big name, it's just, well, that's how Chris draws, so that's okay. <laughs> really? She just jumped in the... X Jet and decided I'm going to put on these tattered, these tattered uh, boots. I'm going to change my costume and cut my hair. But that's just getting picky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, you can move on from this one. Then there's X Men Smoke and Blood, and that's basically the vampires with the uh, the X Club team. There's a vampire they have trapped downstairs. The vampire gets out, uh, kills some other vampireish people that they have. Uh, turns out that Box was um, unknowingly on the vampire's side and helping them out, and they figure they defeat the vampire and figure out that the the uh, virus is not transmuted through blood, not only through blood, but it can be it's like a telepathic virus as well. Right. That's how they have been infecting people. I really like the banter between Doctor Nemesis and Emma Frost. I thought that was pretty good. You like that? You like them going? Back and forth. Yeah, because yeah, because she's just nasty, and uh, somebody's taking her to task. Saying you'd be nasty, I'd be nasty back. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Do you like him? I mean, do you like those characters at all? Not at all. It'd be fine if they all. I thought that they were all going to die, and uh, during Second Coming, when they got dropped out in the ocean, like there's no way they're going to be able to swim to Utopia, and they made it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you like them? No, I don't. I don't like them. I uh, I, I was all excited because I thought one was going to die here. And I was like, yeah. sweet. All right, this means that they're not going to last forever. But no, that, that didn't happen, you know? They're just unnecessary. Like you said, you know, the, the team's getting so big. Now why do we have a whole subplot with all these loser scientists in the basement? Right. I mean, you're just never going to see a... A Dr. Kavita Rao action figure or a Dr. Nemesis and Box two pack. You know, they're just not 
characters that anyone cares about. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I no, I don't know. I don't, I don't like them. I don't know what we're still using them for. And Fraction better have a better have an idea, because I mean, I don't understand where his fingerprints are on this. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. He sets all this stuff up for it's since issue five hundred. He's been setting all this stuff up. He kind of took the reins from Brubaker, and then it's kind of like we're gonna kind of do this, we're kind of kind of do this. But I, I'm the lead now. I'm gonna make Uncanny the 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 straight title, the the series, you know, the flagship for the the franchise. And then oh, but I'm gonna step aside and let X Force really dictate what's going on with Messiah War, Messiah Complex. And he's like, oh, but I'm gonna step aside and let Gishler, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't make sense. I think for the whole X Force thing, it was just a popularity thing. People were just like, "Yeah, we're gonna still buy Uncanny and X Men every month." But people were really talking about X Force. That's what people were just excited about, right? And so it was like, "Well, we'll go this way then," you know? Oh, so you think they they changed that? I, I think. I mean, I think you can see a definite spot where the title switched over to. Uh, X-Force kind of run the show. And and look at even just so much hype for the new X-Force. Everybody's just like, they can't wait until October to get this first issue, whether they like the characters on it or not. It's just something, it's like a new, fresh air into the X-Franchise as opposed to this boring crap we've been getting for so long. Yeah. Yeah, but... But we're still getting boring okay. crap. Let's look. Let's look at when the X Men were the most popular. That's 1991. Okay, we've got an X Men Blue team, an X Men Gold team. <clears throat> we've got X Force. We got X Factor, Excalibur, and then a couple years later, Generation X. So you had, you know, six, seven different X Men books, all feeding to six or seven different audiences, and six or seven X Men books, all with a different purpose. You know, they each was going somewhere that the other one wasn't each had a totally different artist that didn't draw like any other artist on the books but um and they had they probably had about four different writers with like scott lobdell kind of helming everything up with you know some of the side books but they just they just fed a need like they they met a, a gap that needed to be filled for you know sally or joe or andy or jared you know right now they just don't do that X-Men Legacy just kind of has no purpose. It's just kind of, you know, Rogue and these brand new X-Men characters because we don't have enough. And Magneto just kind of, you know, who was demanding a Rogue book? Nobody, you know? And now she has her own book uh, doing her own thing. We got this brand new X-Men title that nobody was demanding. Then you've got, you know, Uncanny X-Men. It seems like it's every issue is almost a different you, you really have no idea what's going on. Yeah, no. X Force was the greatest thing going. And they canceled that. <laughs> you know, uh, Cable was just meaningless. It was awful. It was it, just. It was. It, it was to show us the story of what happened with Cable and Hope when they were gone. But I mean, we almost didn't need to see that story. I don't need a whole issue of them eating a rat and then running from a house to another house. That's you know. Let me spend my money on something else. You know, it, that's just what I'm saying. Like, the books, they need to look at why the books were so popular when they were and see that that's not uh, where they are right now. They're not even close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, if they keep letting people... I, 
it's got to be editing. It has to be editorial that's saying, okay, we're going to let it go. We're going to see what sells. And then we're going to follow. Okay. We have so many different Xbox. We have this much continuity. We're going to see what sells. And then we're going to go back and, and try to do that. And then maybe focus in on that. And I mean, I guess that model fits with uh, what you were saying about, you know, didn't they saw that this was selling. And so they were like, okay, this is the direction we're going to go. And so, like, they took each book, they saw what sold, and they said, we're going in this direction, and now that's what they're doing now. They're putting out all these feelers. But the problem is it doesn't work if if all the different stories are in one book. If all the different stories are in Uncanny, then you're going to be like, oh, no, this issue sold or this issue sold. There's no possible way that that, can, that would work. <laughs> because they don't know. I mean, you, you buy the issue because, you, <laughs> because you've been reading the series. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, we could probably maybe we'll have to just take one episode and do uh, you know, State of the Union where the X Men are. <laughs> that could probably be a whole episode. Well, once X Force gets going, then maybe we maybe we will do that, and then that way we can kind of compare them both. Yeah. And then Generation Hope's coming up, which is probably going to be an ongoing, right? I haven't heard anything different. I mean, we don't have enough new mutant characters. We need more. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, five might be... There's six people, including Hope, so that might make a good team. Unless you're... Unless it's going to be like young X-Men. Oh, my goodness. Oh, don't get me started. As long as Guggenheim oh. isn't writing it. That was just terrible. Yeah. Okay. Then our last Curse of the Mutants issue is X-Men 3. Uh, basically what happens is uh, they find out Jubilee escaped, so they send Wolverine to get Jubilee. Uh, Jubilee bites Wolverine, turns him into a vampire. Uh, they put Dracula's body back together again and uh, send him off to do what he needs to do. And <laughs> <That's> <laughs> those were basically what happened in those four uh, Curse of Mutants issues. Yeah, it's all pretty straightforward. I mean, if you remember last episode, we talked about what you get is what you see. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's straightforward. Now, let me ask you this. How is this any different than what Kyle and Yost did with uh, with people just amassing an army and coming after the X-Men? Tell me how this is a different story. Oh, well, because Twilight's really popular. Which, so, if did, we have vampires, then uh, it'll get even more popular and sell more books. Did you notice that they actually mentioned Twilight like three times? In these, I know. And they were like, oh, or, you know, like, just, yeah. like, what? Come on. Yeah, I, well, I always hate pop culture references because it just dates your material. It certainly does. You are correct. And then when they go back and people are like, what, what? Twilight is not going to stand the test of time. Well, imagine reading Deadpool in 10 years. Right, yeah, you're right. You're going to have no idea what he's talking about. No, it's ridiculous. I can't believe they're doing this. Like, my whole point is, all right, we're going to amass an army, and yeah, it's been three years, and Kyle and Yost, and finally we're going to take it to him. It was a good story. It was well orchestrated. And then Gisler comes up and says, you know what we should do? We should do a story where a bunch of people are coming up against the X-Men, and they're going to wipe them out, and the X-Men have no chance, and people might die, or... And you know what? Let's throw vampires in there. And you know what? Let's do it in six issues. Like, wh- what? <laughs> what? What? You know, and editorial's like, 
Okay, green light. Let's do it. That sounds great. Sign me up. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Something has to, there has to be more to this than than uh, than what we see. There's got to be, right? Well, does there? Why, why would there have to be? I mean, we can want there to be, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, but there, uh, there's got to be because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Well, but, I mean, it's just going from one thing to the next. And I guess it sets up the vampires to go throughout the rest of the Marvel Universe. If they actually do that, I haven't heard... I, I, I've only heard that once, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's changing. Well, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen now. I mean, I can see this wrapping up and then them just saying, okay, well, you know, that was a good experiment. I don't know if that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see is all we can do. Yeah, that is about all we can do. <laughs> well, yeah, unless Marvel's listening to our podcast and they say, Annie and Jared, they're pretty smart. You know, oh, speaking of which, I really do think that somebody from Marvel's listening to our podcast because of what happened with um, T'Challa. <laughs> you think that was because of us? <laughs> yes, it has to be. All right, why don't you, I did not get to read the article. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this article? <laughs> the article was basically they did an interview on G4 and just said that uh, they kind of let the bag out of the the cat the bag out of the cat. I don't know why a cat would have a bag in him in the first place, but uh, they let the cat out of the bag. But I guess why is the cat in the bag in the first place too? So, but they let the cat out of the bag and said that uh, Black Panther is going to be the new daredevil, the new man without. Well, I don't know if he's going to be the new daredevil, but the new man without fear protecting New York City. Goodness gracious. How does that even happen? I mean, are you happy about that or not? I could really care less. (laughs) I just don't care. Now, why do you say that? After, I mean, after what we said about everything, about making, you know, Black Panther an actual character that we care about, I mean, it's not going to be Black Panther, I guess. I don't know. But how can you say that, you you know, after we asked him to get more involved in the Marvel Universe with the other um, with the other heroes and make them a better character that you're just like, ah, whatever. Are you not glad that this is happening? I don't I don't remember saying that I was really excited about Black Panther being with other characters. No, you didn't. we didn't say we were excited about that, but we said, you know, to make him matter, you're going to have to bring him back to, you know, the, the place where other characters are because nothing's going on in Wakanda. Right? Yeah, but I guess it, I just felt like it's an easy out of, you know, are they, are they not going to take care of what's going on in Wakanda then? Well, I mean... You I mean, got, they lost, all this vibranium's been destroyed, and, and Shuri's taking over. I know that there's going to be something out with... I read an interview, too, about Shuri taking over Wakanda, and, and uh, she doesn't like Storm and all this other stuff. Um, I mean, I think, the, I think Black Panther being in in Hell's Kitchen kind of doing stuff has some uh, has some interesting stories you know it could go some places I guess it just was kind of out of left field and I didn't see it coming and I was just kind of like eh whatever I, I just kind of like Shadowland right now you do or don't? I do well alright well then let's talk about Shadowland then well before we get to that though what do you think about the Black Panther thing? well I think it has as a character, I, I don't know. I mean, he might be a whole lot better 
uh, with other people around, and I, I'm willing to give him a chance. I really, I, I'm really not happy that they're taking Murdoch out if he's taking Murdoch's place, but I'll give him a chance as long as he's not in Africa with nobody else doing nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it's Gorilla Man again. Hey, um, it's Claw again. I know. Gorilla Man, Man Ape, I'm sorry. The whole thing's just ridiculous. If you're not if you're not interacting with people, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. So did I, have Storm. <laughs> what'd you say? He did have Storm and Shuri and Claw. That makes for a good book, huh? Yeah, that, that we saw how good that was. Yeah, the Shadow King attacked and then everybody was like, Oh, I think we're out of ideas, let's bring Doom into it and then oh Lord, that's it. And this huge saga, and then it's over in two pages in the last issue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Everything's tidied up with a bow. Well, you know how that is. Anyway, all right, what's going on? Shadowland, I'll take Shadowland. All right, we find out basically in this issue that Matt is is way off the deep end, more than we thought. He's got extra powers. Uh, the heroes escaped because basically Ghost Rider came in and saved them because Ghost Rider was, was brought in by... Um, by the kingpin and so basically he's possessed by something we just don't know what yet so that's all we really learned in this one so but you're you don't sound like you're uh you're into shadowing no I, you know what i tell you it's it's not really that important i don't think i mean it's supposed to be it's not but i tell you what it's a fun read yeah i'm with you so i mean i'm having fun reading it but i feel like i'm not you know i don't have to be that involved which is good yeah, especially like some of the little uh, side series that are coming out. I don't think those are super important. No, but I I mean, the, uh, oh, what's the guy's name who just showed up? The Shroud or something? He's kind of cool. I've never heard of him before. Yeah, he was in a Civil War. Was he really? What was he doing? In the in the Ms. Marvel uh, uh, issues, him and uh, Rackney were trying to uh, get her daughter and Ms. Marvel had to come take him down. Oh. Okay, I see. He's like super CD list. He's not... He's nothing. <laughs> he's kind of he's cool, though. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it just because I don't like the uh, street-level characters alone, but all together and beating each other up, I think is cool. <laughs> so I enjoy that. All right, I, I mean, I guess we're done that. I'm, you you want to hit Wolverine? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about Wolverine going to hell uh, because we've only had one issue. Uh, but basically, it's just, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't been keeping up with the Wolverine's own series too much. So when I first read this and saw that he had a girlfriend, like, whoa, he's got a girlfriend? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's got a girlfriend that <laughs> is, like, doing some, is in danger all the time or something. You know, who knows? Yeah, he gave her a bunch of cool different... You know, like Shi'ar and Scroll stuff, and uh, but I mean, he's uh, you know, Wolverine's talking to Wraith at church, and I guess Wraith is now a pastor. I, I didn't know that. And uh, this demonic thing comes and kills Wraith and attacks the congregation. And but when uh, when he takes off his hood, he looks like Wolverine, and he has claws and everything. So not really sure what that's about. Then these people break in and at a the San Francisco Times or wherever his girlfriend works, and they attack her, and uh, Mystique rides in. That was probably my favorite part, because I love Mystique, and 
she saves the girlfriend, and then, the, of course, as in every issue of Wolverine, there's a mysterious group of people controlling things behind the scenes. <laughs> that was, and that's just like every issue. <laughs> what? For some reason, okay, don't laugh, but for some reason, I thought this was going to be cool. Okay, I. Th- yeah. <laughs> I said don't laugh. I thought that this was going to be cool because. Look, Dwayne Swarzynski wasn't that good on cable, but I thought he was excellent on his um, his his run on Immortal Iron Fist. I thought it was good. If you haven't read it, I would I would encourage you to go read it. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in Immortal Iron Fist, they went to the eighth city, escaped from the eighth city, and the eighth city was supposed to be like hell. And that was such a cool run. I thought it was fantastic. I was like, this is amazing. Like, yeah, that makes sense. There's seven heavenly cities, and then there's an eighth one that nobody talks about. All the all the immortal, you know, uh, weapons have to be there to, for, to open up the eighth city. And then, so it was like they were opening up this gate to hell, and they went in there. They had to escape and everything. It made them fight all the time. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I kind of liked what we saw in um, Hellbound, you know, X, X-Men Hellbound mm-hmm. with magic and stuff. I was getting used to that. And then this was like, it wasn't about that at all. Logan goes to hell, but basically he kills a bunch of people. We never see him there. Uh, somebody, a new group of villains who we don't even know about, but we have cool designs in, in the comic book <laughs> that you have to pay for are are attacking his girlfriend. I don't know. I mean, I like Jason Aaron. I do. But this was this was a letdown. Yeah. It didn't even seem... It didn't seem like... What did you say? I said I, 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 I'm hoping that it's going to get better because it's really... This issue is just kind of a tease, you know? I don't know. I, I hope so. I mean, his stuff is pretty compelling, pretty interesting, but uh, this one, it has to go... It has to go somewhere. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, because I'm kind of confused. Like, Wolverine is the one that was attacking Wraith, but yet yeah, he's in hell, so I don't know how that works. Well, maybe if you're possessed somehow, then you're in hell, and then the person who, or the demon that has control over you is, you know, somewhere else, like taking your place or something. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Unless maybe there's a, it's a clone... Or Wolverine has another son. Oh, I can't wait to find that out. That would be fantastic. <laughs> That'd be great. I would, I would, Marvel, if you're listening, I would go that route. No, no, don't tell them that. They are listening. They took our, they took our advice of Black Panther, so don't even tell oh, okay. them. <laughs> uh, what else, man? No, I think those were the big ones that we were going to talk about. Yeah, but big... nothing else for Wolverine? Oh. Uh, no, I mean that was. It just ends with him in what looks to be hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Ugh. That's> <laughs> anyway. All right. Should we go to our Tino Awards? Yeah, let's do it. The Tino Awards. All right, our Tino Awards. I have two. How many you got? Um, I have four, but I'll cut it down to three. Four. Good. Well, you know what. Why don't why don't we do four and I'll try to guess them and uh, we'll see. Obviously, you go first. Okay. 
All right. Uh, well, first is One of the Living. Obviously, it has to do with the X-Men, the Curse of the Mutants, right? Yep. Okay. I'm going to say that the vampires are undead, so the only vampire could be is Dracula because he came back. Uh, So my first option is it's Dracula. Another one is Wolverine being bit because now he's one of them. Is it either of those two? No, I'm sorry. Dang it! Is it... Which issue is it in? Stormin' Gambit. Oh, it's uh, Storm talking to that human that she had to unplug, right? Yep, the last one. So he was one of the living, and he just wanted so bad to make it back home to his family, and she just couldn't do it for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a touching piece. Kind of brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? <laughs> I can understand that. I can understand that. No, that was good. I did like... That was probably my favorite Curse of the Mutants issue that I've read so far, including X-Men 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, don't turn around. Don't turn around. And I know what you're thinking, and it's not the obvious one. Okay, so it's not Curse of the Mutants. What would it be if it was in Curse of the Mutants? Uh, probably Smoke and Blood. No, there's one more obvious than that, but no, it's not in Curse of the Mutants. I thought you were going to say, like, Wolverine turning around and Jubilee biting him. Like, don't turn around! Which was awful. Wolverine's better than that. Don't you understand? He was supposed to be bitten. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> There's nothing subtle about Gistler's writing. Ooh, do you think it may have worked? What about not telling him the whole plan? Oh, it's better this. You know what? Go. The only way we don't know what you're doing is when you're writing Deadpool core because we don't understand what Deadpool is thinking. That's that's all. Yeah. Everything else is is very spelled out. All right. Anyway, go on. All right. Don't turn around. Um, I'm gonna say, is it omit? How? Okay, so I'm I'm on the right of the four things we're talking about. It's omit. Yes. Yep. Um, I I would. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say uh, Spider-Man when he turned to go grab Mary Jane and put her in the bubble. Ooh. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. But no, it was it was it was basically the general idea of okay, we're moving forward. We're not turning back. It's a brand new day, and we're closing that, and we're keep going forward. Okay. Okay. 
That was good. Oh, th- hey, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you do two uh, two in a row. What's up? Okay. Uh, the Game of Love. I'll give you a clue because it goes from the chorus into the verse. The game of love is whatever you make it to be. Okay, I think it's pretty obvious you're talking about the retconning and the love life of Spider-Man. Ah, whatever you want, whatever it didn't really happen. Whatever you want it to be. You got it. All right. Woo! Points for me. Like, yeah, like Andy set me up for this next one. I'll do that one next. (laughs) That's good. Ah, well done. All right. Also, oh. I'm sorry, go on. No, what did you want to say? I was, uh, no, you next again. Do it again. Okay, um, I will do two people. Two people got a stick together And love one another Save it for a day Some people got a stick whatever Storm and Gambit? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I figured that one was pretty easy. I yeah, know. I was looking. I was looking a little deeper. I was like, <laughs> well, I know that you're not necessarily familiar with some of the older X-Men stuff, but when Gambit first appeared, uh, he was a thief and he rescued Storm, um, and so that was like his first appearance. And Storm was actually an infant—not an infant, but she was a child at that time. Uh, she had got reduced to an infant by a. a crazy person named nanny that's a whole nother story oh but, my goodness gracious <laughs> it's just like they bonded at that point in time and ever since then like gambit aside from rogue storm has been gambit's like go-to person there or his best friend or whatever and uh so it's just good to see those two back together doing some uh thievery stuff see i'm glad this i'm glad you're here to tell me these things because you know I, I miss all this stuff that you know that I, I don't know yeah, because otherwise it's like, what? Who cares if it's Storm and Gambit are together? In fact, why are they putting Storm to get Storm and Gambit together? Right, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Yeah, I, I miss back before Casada took over. You know, they used to have those little cliff note bubbles, and they'd have a star. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, they still have those. Some of those. Very rarely, and if they do, it's mostly about a current comic. It's not about something that happened 20 years ago. Right. And I love those because then I would be like, oh, and then I'd run down the comic shop and say, there was this cliff note, I need to go buy issue 735, you know, or whatever. Goodness gracious, are you serious? You you would actually use those to go, that's like, that's like a marketing person's, like, fantasy. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it just, it built business for comic book stores, you know, before, you know, you didn't have any other way to find out what that story was about. You didn't have trades, and nobody was collecting X-Men issues from 1988. But if that's when the story happened and you want to figure out, you know, oh, these are the Reavers, and this little, this asterisk says that the Reavers came about in Australia issues from this to this, I need to go read those and find out who these people are. Well, I'm, in, I'm impressed that you played so well into Marvel's hands. 
but they don't do it anymore. I think it's a huge mistake. Well, you know, they changed... Oh. I, I know I keep harping on this, but they changed the Black Panther thing, so there's a chance. What do you mean? Well, there's a chance. Now that you've said it, now that you've brought it to oh. their attention. <laughs> it just would make sense to kind of, you know, help out the comic store owner. How about the people that go to cons and take the same issues there and nobody buys them, you know? Yeah, that's true. But don't you think that they would just go out and run off on eBay? You think that that would be easier than going to the comic book shop? Well, a lot of, I mean, my comic book shop puts a ton of stuff on eBay. No, oh, that's true. I mean, if you can help out the little guy, why not? Does it really hurt to put an asterisk by something? Okay, look. Keep it first. I have, I, I have a story about this, helping out the little guy. Would you like to hear this? I would love to hear it. Okay, I recently went up to Ohio for a wedding for my good friend Chris, who got married and is now married, and has stayed married this, this past, you know, three days. And um, congrats to them. So I was like, I'm, I'm driving. It's a long trip. It's like 800 miles. I'm going to go get my car serviced. And do I go to Walmart? No, I'm going to go to the little guy, right? I, I like my place, a beater garage. I like it. They're always nice. They're kind. They're friendly. I, I, I get new brakes, two new tires, oil change, and then transmission uh, serviced. So I'm going. I'm driving. Every once in a while, I smell a little bit of oil. I'm like, you know, what is that? Oh, that's that car in front of me. Okay, all right. And then I don't smell it. Like I get out from underneath that car, and then I smell it again, like, hours later. I was, I was on the border of Kentucky and Ohio. And all this, I'm, I'm getting gas, and I was like, you know what? I should check this out. I open up the hood. The, the oil cap is turned upside down, and there's oil everywhere with, no, under the hood. No. And I was like, what is this? So I, I was like, good night. How much do I have in there? And so I tried to check the oil. And look, I am not mechanical in any way. I tried to check the oil. But the thing was, it was new oil, so it's like, you can't really see, you know, when you check the oil and there's burn, you know, the oil's browned and and burned, you can actually see where the level is. But this, like, it was totally clear, I didn't know where it was, I had to end up buying extra oil, I overfilled it, and blah, 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 you know, and I don't know if that's directly from helping out the little guy, but I was like, what what is, what's going on here, you know? I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm glad you made it home. I mean, I'm glad you made it to the wedding, all right? Yes. It could have been bad news. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if my engine heated up, I was told that I have five to ten min- minutes if you uh, run out of oil. So mm. I obviously didn't run out of oil. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst things that could happen. And I don't know anything about cars, but I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Always check your oil, son. Oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, anyway, helping out the little guy. You got it. Well, I mean, I and just before we get on to the next Tino Award, it's just they've talked in every issue, X-Men 1, 2, and 3, and then and then uh, Curse the Mutants, Storm and Gambit, about Storm's previous relationship with Dracula. Now, if you're new, you have no idea what's going on. I mean, do you know anything about that? No, I know that she was attacked, but that's, I mean, I don't know anything other than, for some reason, I knew it. And I think I may have read it in Excalibur, or no, no, not Excalibur. Um, Mi thirteen and Captain Britain. But oh, 
they allude to it there, too. They may have. I mean, I don't know how else I would know about it. I haven't read it. I know that. But I guess that's just kind of my whole point is, you know, we've got this whole thing. You know, why not just put a little asterisk that says, hey, go check out X-Men Annual. Uh, I forget what it was, 10 or 8 or 7 or whatever. And uh, to see the more backstory about Dracula and Storm. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know? No, you're right. You're right. But I think we kind of got totally off topic. <laughs> so why don't you give me a, a Tina award? Okay, next Tina. Number second and final from me. Did you say number second? I did say number second. Okay, I just want to make sure before we, we went on. I'm drinking cream soda as we speak, so I, I must be a little inebriated. Okay. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose that be Wolverine going to hell? Oh, close, but no cigar. Would that be Derek Devil going psychotic? No. Would that be Wolverine turning into a vampire? No. You like are throwing all around the bullseye. Would that be <laughs> Spider-Man and Mary Jane? No! Are you kidding? I named something from every event. <laughs> I know! You got it wrong! Well, those are all things that they don't want to lose. <laughs> Wait, what is in X Men Three? What does Wolverine not want to lose? Jubilee. There you go. There she blows. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, last. Hey, you know what? I give you points for effort. Like, you know, five, <laughs> yeah. five, five points. I don't know. I'm like that loser kid that just always gets the certificate of participation. Not good at anything, never won anything, but he participated, so we'll give him a certificate. Hey, you know what? As long as you don't frame that and are proud of it, then you're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here are all my certificates for... <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> and the parents are just like, oh, our kid's a loser. <laughs> there's, there's a point where the mom and dad have to say they have to stop saying well at least you tried yeah you, you gotta find something you can win at buddy <laughs> you're like hey you know what read some comic book yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh okay my last one crazy in the night Okay, yes, I do know this one. All right. Curse of the Mutants? Yes. Okay. Uh, Smoke and Blood? Yes. Okay. All those wacko humans that were like, feed me to the the darkness of the night of the righteous. <laughs> all those idiots. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> I like the one where they're like, Shh, be quiet, we're hiding. And then the one's like, we're over here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I kind of got a kick out of that, but the art was so terrible, I couldn't even... Oh my gosh, that was dreadful. And the Blade art was bad, too. It was, oh, man. I, maybe that's why I like the Bacalo art, Bacalo art so much. Yeah, it's less of three evils, I guess. <laughs> no, I like that art anyway, but yes. <laughs> For some reason, I really like how he draws Emma. Oh, yeah? I really get a kick out of that. Yeah, I do. Because she looks like snot-faced, but not as snot-faced as Xenogenesis drew her. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can get that. So Chick's succinct. All right, well, I, I think I won. If I was going to claim victory, tonight would be the Absolutely. night. You had a lot more chances, but you did win. Well, that that's true. But even if I gave you some of my points, I mean, let's face it, Jared. Mayo, take a seat at the bench. <laughs> All right, but let's let the listener know who took time and prepared their Tina Awards before we recorded. <laughs> who had to hit pause uh, on the recording, come up with Tina Awards, and then give them out. That wasn't in, that wasn't in the itinerary that I gave you. <laughs> uh, just let's, let's make that be known. <laughs> I'm going to go down fighting. Ah, oh, well met, sir. Well met. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I think we're going to call it for tonight. Thank you for yep. joining us. This has been Marvel 616 Politics. And uh, once again, you can please visit our website, marvel616politics at gmail.com is our uh, email address. And follow us on Twitter at 616politics. Our official website is marvel616politics.com. You can look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Or you can give us a call and leave us a message at 616-755-TINA. Well, thanks for joining us. And until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. I didn't know, I didn't think about doing Tina Awards, so I didn't pick any yet. Oh, do I, you want me to wait a little while? Just a second. I got one as we were talking. <laughs>